The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister and Executive Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Today I have a special guest on the show, uh, the Reverend Jamie Sanders. Before we talk to him, let me just let you know a little bit about him. Uh, uh, the Reverend Jamie Sanders, spiritual teacher, New Thought Minister, retreat facilitator, speaker, radio and television host and producer. Jamie Sanders is a mystical seeker and finder of truth who was passionate about his spiritual journey. Having sought high vibrational energy since childhood, Jamie knew that what he was looking for wasn't necessarily found in mainstream religion. His search led him to the world of New Thought and the teachings of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who were the co-founders of the Unity Movement, which Jamie says literally changed his life. As a New Thought minister ordained through the Barbara King School of Ministry and Unity Worldwide, he is a noted speaker, presenter, radio and television personality, as well as retreat facilitator and spiritual circles. Jamie is widely known for his humor and candor for presenting truth principles and is highly sought after four conferences and Sunday service presentations here in the United States and abroad. He is currently the senior minister at Unity of Pensacola in beautiful Pensacola, Florida, and is dedicated and passionate in empowering others to remember the truth of who they have come here to be. Now, I'm going to give his contact information a little bit later so you can make sure you stay in contact with him. But let me introduce to some of you all for the first time the Reverend Jamie Sanders. How you doing there, Reverend Jamie? I am doing awesome, Brother Galen. It's so good to be on the show with you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you. Now, before we get into all of the questions and things of that nature, because I have so many wonderful questions I want to ask you, the first thing I want to do on the show for everyone to hear is to first of all thank you because you are the person that is responsible for me being on this show you had a show on this on unity online radio for years and the old boss called you because you asked me on the show and you said yeah that'd be a great idea that was some years ago now but i i'm eternally thankful that you referred me uh contacted me and then uh highly encouraged me to do it. (laughs) 
Thank well, you I so am much. too. But I, you know what? Even when we've been together, I just want to say this. Even when you and I and a group of our close friends get together and go to a, a concerts or events, conferences, we laugh and have such a good time. So I knew right off the bat that you were going to be an amazing host on radio. I'm so proud of the work I see that you're doing, and I have a, a deep love and admiration for Christ Universal Temple and the Reverend Johnny Coleman. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you, thank you, and, and me the same. You know, I, I can honestly say, you know, when I first I met you and uh, the Reverend Cindy Lippert at the same time, uh, and I think we went out to eat and, and we were chit chatting and hanging out, and I was like, no, I met Reverend Cindy before that. She introduced right. me to you because I right. I met her with Reverend Tumpkin in San Francisco, Oakland area for a conference, and we just hit it off, and I was like, you know, it just. It just when some people get together, as Napoleon Hill says, in the spirit of harmony, things just kind of work. It just it Always. just works. So, you know, I know we haven't seen each other in a while, but you're definitely my brother from another mother. So I want to get into a little uh, a few questions about, you know, who you are and et cetera. So how did you get involved in the New Thought movement? All right, so I grew up, I was the only person in my household as a child who wanted to go to church. My family were not churchgoers, but, I mean, at a very early age, like, you know, three to five, they would take me and drop me off at the Baptist church. So I wanted that energy. I wanted to be in that vibration. But I can remember thinking growing up the things I would hear, and I had to learn as I got wiser, I don't like to say necessarily older, but as I got wiser, I realized that what I was hearing didn't um, set well with my soul. It wasn't so much well with my soul, but I knew that I was hungry for something. So it wasn't until I was probably in high school, I went to see the movie Terms of Endearment by myself. Nobody wanted to go. And I could not take my eyes off the screen at the actress Shirley MacLaine. She blew me away. I didn't know what it was. Movie was over, walked out into the mall, went in a bookstore, and there on the shelf, you know, in the main aisle was a picture of her on a book. I just bought it right there. Didn't know what it was about. Started reading it, and I, I remember the first line in the book was about she was walking on the beach at sunset, and she raised her arms looking out over the ocean in Malibu, and she said, I am God. And I remember thinking this woman's going to go to hell because, you know, I went to a Baptist church. I went to a Baptist Christian school in junior high. And so I thought, but I couldn't put the book down. It, the electricity ran up and down my spine. My hair stood up and I couldn't put it down. So I met one night with a friend for dinner and I said, I am reading this book and I know I shouldn't be reading it, but I can't put it down. And he said, what is it? And I told him and he laughed and he said, you might consider going to the Unity Church. And I thought, last thing I want to do is go to another church. But the next day, my car pulled into the parking lot, and the sign on the front of the church said, Practical Christianity. And I remember I rolled my eyes, and I went in, and I, the lady came and greeted me at the door, and then I said, I'm here to see the minister. She said, well, I'm the minister. And I thought, well, she's going to hell, too, because in the Baptist church, we were taught women were not to be ministers. But I sat with that minister that day, and every question I ever had as a child about God and about religion, she had an answer for me. She didn't tell me I wasn't to question it. And I knew that I had found truth. I mean, I was 19 years old the day I walked in that church. Today I'm 55. I don't believe in that. But all these years, 
I have been so dedicated and so passionate to my spirituality, which I learned is totally different than religion. And so I always say, thank you, God, for, you know, Shirley MacLaine and the Unity Church. It changed my life. Beautiful, beautiful. So one of the things that I really want to focus on in this show, because I have an opportunity to talk to you because you've been mentored by so many powerful people. Matter of fact, let me talk about the mentoring first, and then we can talk about some of these prosperity principles that uh, the unity and the New Thought Movement espouses. You know, I want to talk about three people, uh, four people in particular, Uh, the Bishop Barbara King, uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, who you did have a relationship with, and uh, Edwin Gaines, the Reverend Edwin Gaines, and the Reverend Della Reese. Can we just right. talk a little bit about those four giants in the movement? You know, yeah, Galen, I got to even as you just said all of their names, I mean, it, it was the reaction all over my body, the energy, but the tears want to well up in my eyes when I think of these powerful women who came into my life, and um, so I'm going to start with, the first one was, of course, Barbara King. Um, she came to speak at a conference we had in, the, in our Unity subregion here along the Gulf Coast, and um, one of the ministers said, Jamie, would, would you be willing to do me a favor? And I said, sure, and she goes, would you be willing to take Dr. Barbara to the airport from the conference center? And I thought, absolutely. Um, I did take her to the airport in a sports car, a little Mitsubishi sports car, which getting Dr. Barbara in the car was was comical. And she, you know, of course, she she made me laugh, complaining about how small my car was. But by the time we got to the Mobile, Alabama airport, we had a connection. And she said, you have to come visit me. And I think it was three weeks later, I went, I drove to Atlanta and walked down the halls of Hillside. And she found me in the hall and she became my spiritual mother. I mean, she refers to me as that. Um, she ordained me. Um, she a couple of years ago, I, I got one of the the Butterfly Award for spiritual leadership, and and so she's been a light into my life through Dr. Barbara um, Johnny Coleman came. I had heard of Johnny Coleman. I had never seen her or heard her speak. And the evening that Dr. Johnny was there. She said that she made a comment, and she said, you know, about when are we going to get up off our knees and quit begging God, that God's already done everything for us that God is ever going to do. It's up to us to have our day of resurrection. And I thought, I remember I stood in my chair in the audience like I was in a Pentecostal church because I thought I was about to speak in tongues. I was so filled <laughs> with the energy of Johnny Coleman, and I I, I met with her afterwards, and I just fell in love, and I never could get enough. I think I I ordered every tape, every CD, I could get my every DVD, and so she was a huge influence in my life, and then through all of that, had the opportunity to meet um, Della Reese. I was a huge Touch by an Angel fan, and the first night that, that show ever aired, I had seen her in other shows growing up, but when things started and she sang, I turned to a friend and I said, that's my idea of an angel. And little did I know that we would end up being friends. I would go spend time with her in her home. And um, they all, all of them were friends, and we would, we would laugh and tell stories together, and they taught me so much. And then Edwin Gaines, um, we realized we have been, I've been going in, 
taking classes from her at her retreat center for over 28 years now. And um, she is, uh, to me, she is one of my master teachers. I adore her just like I adore the other three. So I have been highly blessed. And people would say, well, were there ever any men teachers who taught you? And, yes, there were. I mean, Bert Carson, um, who was a, as an author and a teacher, he was very powerful to me. But also, I mean, I've had the opportunity of meeting people through INTA. I served on the board for INTA for a few years. I've been on the Unity Worldwide board. And so there have been outstanding teachers that, that touched my life. And so I'm so grateful for that because, when you know, one of the affirmations that Ed Wien has taught us, and I use it often, is that I am teachable. And so every time I affirm that, a new teacher would come. You know, and the old thing we would say, a new thought is, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. And I invite people all the time, keep saying, I am the student and my teacher is coming. My teacher is here, now made manifest, and watch what happens. So we, we actually set it into motion by setting the intention of wanting to meet these people. And, and I, I know, just like you, I've met some. Once I met them, I was very disappointed in, in hmm. their behavior and their not-so-niceness. And I, I, I really want to be clear that I wasn't wanting to judge them for that. What I was saying every time was, Father, Mother, God, I ask that I never behave this way. Let me always be humble. It only takes a second to be kind, but we never know what people are going through. So, right, right. You I know, one of the things that, that you mentioned, <laughs> one of the things that you mentioned, I think is really important, is not to have what I call uh, new thought or metaphysical elitism. You know, exactly. you know the <laughs> it's a term I created from being around church a long time, and you know every fo- every religion has this form of elitism. New thought just has the you know oh that's just what they're thinking or oh, that's just their level of consciousness or oh, whatever. But how I show up is how I show up. It has nothing to do with what another person does or doesn't do. I'm committed to being the truth that I know and understand. It doesn't mean I always, I will always manifest that as perfectly as I want to, but I will be a consistent stand to be as what I just call a nice guy, because I think sometimes we miss it. You know, when you're nice and you're respectful and you're teachable, people will help you. You know, and right. and, and and they'll want want to seed into you. So I think, you know, definitely, you know, the, the the idea of being humble is allow you to be taught by masters in the movement. And and it's giving you access just because you were teachable. I agree. And I think that's I mean, I always and people say when I'm done talking, I I turn to walk back up to the podium. I usually, you know, walk the floor a little bit. And people say, I always see you mumble something. What are you mumbling? And I say, when I'm, when I'm done with the, the talk and I go to go back up to the podium, I'm always in the, the place of saying, thank you, Father. Thank you, you know, Spirit, for flowing through me. Because I hear things coming out of my mouth that I had no intention of saying. And so I, I'm blown away myself sometimes. And I know that... You know, it, it sounds, you know, cliche to say you, that you're channeling energy. But I, I know for myself, I'm sure you know it as well, there are times that um, information is flowing through us that did not come from our consciousness. Absolutely. And it, it Absolutely. blows me away every time. You know, it's kind of funny. I was just speaking at uh, Bodie Spiritual Center this past Sunday, and I said something in the service. 
that I've never even thought of before. So I was talking about Johnny and in in 93 when I first discovered CUT without drilling down in the st- on into the story. Um, I was here like two, three weeks and yeah, three weeks. And then I had a severe asthma attack. Never had asthma before. Uh, long story short, I, medicine I took triggered it and almost died. Uh, like hospital stay almost five days died. Wow. You know, like and and I was as I was telling the story about, you know, doing the work, but also having somebody that you can believe in. And I said a statement that I never thought of before. I said, I leaned on her faith, but I didn't lay on it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I was like, when I said it, I had to catch myself like, hmm, that was pretty good. I got to remember that <laughs> because, but isn't because, I mean, isn't that exciting when that happens? Yeah, because yeah. that's part of that humble like, wow. thing is like, that we remain open to receive information that when you, you know, we used to say in the Baptist church, they're so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. You know what I mean? Right. And you would say to someone, I remember, you know, as a teenager going to the Assembly of God church and I was in a singing group and I would say to the, one of the people in the group and I'd say, you know, you sang so well. Oh, it is not I, brother. It's, it's Jesus. And I would think, man, I mean, Jesus does everything. But I mean, for us to go, I am so teachable and open to receive new information, not to, to get so full of ourselves that we think we're not able to receive new education. I always say we have to have our, you know, CPUs, even as spiritual leaders, to keep being open and receptive to get new information. Your story just reminded me, I was teaching a few years ago, metaphysical Bible interpretation one night, and I looked down, and the next verse was the verse in the Bible that says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Remember that one? Yes. And I, I glanced, and I just went, I know that. I looked away, and I said without thinking, in my father's house are many dimensions. And, I mean, the hair went up, the chills went all over me, and and only a couple of people in the class, eyes got big and looked at me, and I went, holy moly. I had never thought of that. I thought, where did that come from? Two weeks later, I'm reading Rocco Errico's article in Science of Mind magazine, and he says that the original Aramaic translation said, in my father's house are many dimensions. And I was so blown away because that's when I go, thank you, God, that I'm still receiving transmissions to grow in consciousness. And so that excites me, even personally on my spiritual journey, but as, as a spiritual leader and facilitator of groups and leading a spiritual community. So Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very humbling. So I want to uh, ask this powerful question, in my opinion. It's a really powerful question. Why do we in the New Thought Movement teach prosperity as a part of a complete spiritual life? You know, I think, you know, when I first got into it, because, you know, all we ever heard in the other church was, you know, the verse about it's easier for a rich man, you know, into an eye of a needle. And there was, you were to be like Mother Teresa and to not be attached to possessions. And, you know, people will misquote the verse in the Bible, too, that says it's the, what is it, it's the, um, Money is the root of all evil, which always sends me into a tailspin because he, what it actually says, it's the love of. And so there's nothing that ever said we were not to have um, abundance, that we were not to have wholeness, that we were not to be happy and content and complete. And so when we get into new thought and we begin to understand that it is the Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom 
and there's none of this stuff I'm unworthy. I mean, I think that teaching has done more damage um, in, in different belief systems than any that you're unworthy. And so, you know, one of, one of my issues, too, is in teaching. I have certain words I really get big on, sacred languaging. I've done workshops on it. And one of the words that I, I really dislike is the word need. And people say all the time, you know, oh, I need this, and our, the church needs this. And it came to me one day in meditation that when I say I need something, I'm affirming something is lacking. And I know there's a lot of people who don't believe this, and, and that's okay. You know, you believe what you want to believe. But what I found for me is when I focus that I need something, so one night I was sitting in the living room watching a movie, and I said, man, I need a drink of water. And immediately I heard the voice inside say, well, then get up and go get it. It's right over there. And so I thought if I was in the Sahara Desert for a week with nothing to drink, maybe I need a drink of water bad. But mm-hmm. I, I don't want to affirm that I need love in my life. I desire it. I can manifest that. So in, in our ministry, you know, I have to correct them all the time. The choir one Sunday was practicing before church, and they were singing the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love. And that you must say it 20 times. So I walked out of my office, and I said, is it just me? Um, or is anybody else feeling nauseous? And they all stopped, and I said, well, I teach in this ministry that need is, is a form of lacking. And, I, and there's sometimes there's poems, you know, I love the thing, God is my help in every need, but I know in my mind, just like if I went to the Pentecostal church tomorrow, I can metaphysically interpret what's being said and be at peace. And so I said, I really, you go ahead and sing the song today, but I would prefer you didn't sing it again unless we redo the words. And so people roll their eyes, but, I mean, it's important that we know in prosperity, our prosperity consciousness, which Edwin has always taught us. I mean, I hear in my head, and she said, you know, we think we hear prosperity, we think money, and that it's not just money, but it's, it's relationships that work all the time. It's a healthy body, a healthy mind, a healthy spirit. And she goes down the list having people in our circle who love and support us. That is prosperity. That is abundance. But it is also all the cash I can spend. And so we have, I think it changes us when we realize, you know, one of my favorite affirmations, I'm the rich child of a loving father, and I dare to prosper now. And, you know, or someone would take me to dinner. When I would go to INTA, someone would pick up the check, and I'd say, you don't have to do that. And they said, oh, I have a rich father. First couple of times they said that, I, I thought they literally meant their earthly father was wealthy, and then one night it hit me, and I went, oh, so do I. And so I yes. think that it's the root of, of grounding us in our principles that I was not brought here to live in lack and limitation, but I was here, I've come here to live in abundance and to transmute and transform life and my own life, including the lives of others that I encounter by my, my words and my actions. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, as you were talking about how to train your people about the usage right. of words, I can tell you that Johnny Coleman was so stringent, so focused, so I don't play about the wrong use of words. It was almost unreal. I'm just give you a couple um, because I've, you know, I, she hired me on the staff in 2001. You know, but I've been a teacher in here since '97, and you know, I, and I've been preaching here since 2000, and I was ordained in 2002. So I've been around all the time. You know, when I walked in the building, I came in with overalls. I said I was taking classes, I was volunteering, everything. So she had a few words we couldn't use. First word was budget. 
Johnny said, right. God doesn't have a budget. She said, you, you had to use the word financial plan to her because she just refused to use the word budget. You couldn't use it around her uh, because she felt as though the words constricted her. Now, I'm not telling other people what they should say or don't say. I'm letting you right. know, like, literally, you didn't say the word budget to Johnny Coleman. Uh, you know, because she believed if God gave her the idea, God gave her the provision. That was just her belief system, and she was absolute in it. Another word that uh, anything that you said that was negative behind I am, you would automatically get checked. Like to this day, I I cringe when I hear people say I am sorry. Like right. I always say I apologize. Right. She's like, yo, I am is not sorry. <laughs> the I am and you is God. <laughs> you know, never put anything negative behind I am. And <laughs> yes, I understand. Yes, I understand. She was dedicated to it. She would she would even sparse. I mean, talking about going back old school unity. She didn't like people using the word I using the term bad idea. because She believed yeah. that, I, you know, going back to the old school Fillmore idea being a pure impulse of spirit well and what we call people's thoughts and beliefs and concepts we substitute for the word idea so you couldn't say like yeah i had this bad idea she was like all ideas come from god you know and she would say all ideas come from god fully clothed that was the rest of the statement fully clothed to her meant everything that was needed for the expression of the ideas and the idea so i get when you say that being serious about your, the words, you know, their song sung at CUT that I didn't even know that the words were changed because I'm not a gospel music person. You know, I came, right. I, you know, I come from, you know, back in the day listening to LL Cool J and Eric B and Rakim and Run DMC. I had no concept of church music, <laughs> so I didn't know that the, the words were changed <laughs> until I heard them on the radio later. But yeah, I think. The use of language is so important because literally out of our mouths, we talk our prosperity away. Oh, I agree. I remember one time she said, <clears throat> the church is on Ashland Avenue, correct? Yes. And I remember she was talking about people, you know, talking about lack and limitation and um, recession. And she said, not on this property. You, you can go across the street. And you can say whatever you want to say, but not in this building, not on this property will you speak those words. And I remember it just blew me away because, you know, most of us, I mean, if the truth be told, we want to be liked and we want to be loved. She didn't care. And, and Barbara King didn't care. Della didn't care. They, and Edwin says, I say, no, sugar, I don't care. I'm teaching truth. And I just, I mean, I just wanted to dance when she would say those things. So, yeah. Yes, definitely, definitely. We're coming up on our first uh, and only break. If you have a question for uh, Reverend Jamie Sanders, you can call in at 888-251. Uh, excuse me, 888. That's the old number. <laughs> 816-251-3555. Again, 816 816-251-3555. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. 
As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder, speaking at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts, on living an abundant life. Examine your life, whatever you may think is missing or lacking or you wish you had. Realize that you are bearing false witness against your true self and speak words of abundance to it. Speak words of truth to it and to yourself and repeat them over and over again until you have brainwashed yourself into believing that you are divine. The moment you begin to think and speak as if truly you are the embodiment of all that is. This is the only thing we got to get in through our thick skulls. Living the abundant life is not about what we have. Living the abundant life is realizing that we have it all. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Indian saint and mystic Kabir is quoted as saying, One drop of divine love can turn you to gold. Immerse yourself in the work of Kabir with acclaimed poet, author, and spiritual teacher Andrew Harvey in his book, Turn Me to Gold, 108 Poems of Kabir. Andrew shares the powerful and timeless words of Kabir in a way that is accessible to all with beautiful photography by Brett Hurd. This is a book you will turn to again and again. Available now at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Would you like to experience more peace and joy in your life through A Course in Miracles? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley support you in discovering the powerful life lessons available through this unique spiritual thought system that teaches the way to love and peace is through forgiveness. Join Jennifer every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk, to experience the healing for yourself on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. My guest today is the Reverend Jamie Sanders, and we're talking about new thought and prosperity and new thought, et cetera. Uh, Reverend Jamie, before we get back to uh, me asking you some questions and you giving fabulous answers, let me do this quick commercial. Uh, Unity Online Radio is supported by your donation, so as you freely receive, freely give. My request is that you go to the Unity Online Radio website, unityonlineradio.org or unity.fm, 
that will get you to the same place. Click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that goes all around the world. Everybody doesn't have the benefit of having a New Thought Center close to them where they can get a message like this, where they can take classes like that will you know, have the information that you get so freely on Unity Online Radio. I also want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. My request is that you like the page, that you give it a five-star review, and that you write a positive rating. The shows are also on iTunes Podcasts and the Stitcher app uh, for those who have Android devices. My request yet again is that you give it a five-star rating and write a positive review. When you do the ratings and reviews, it helps with the algorithm to get it out in front of people. It also helps with Google. So share the shows. Go on the podcast. Listen to them. Share them on your social media. Let people know what's happening uh, in your life. If it's empowering you, share it with other people. Don't allow the conversation that happens in our head well you know nobody will be interested in this you're not force feeding it but share it and those who want it they'll receive it and those who won't they'll go on and they'll get fed by something else anyway so i'm counting on you to make those connections so uh reverend jamie i want to ask another question i have a few other questions before we wrap up uh, for the hour, and this hour is going by really fast already. How do you teach universal law and prosperity? Well, it's been one of my favorite things to teach. And again, getting to the point of, you know, when you lead a, a ministry, you have times, you know, where it, there's an abundance pouring in, and then there's times that it, it appears that it gets it gets tight that people aren't giving the same. And so we having to go back and, and teach and remind not only my staff but my board as well that God is our source. That's one of the things Edwin is always teaching us, that God is our source. We think it's the people in the seats, the people listening to the show, but God is the source, and we are God's hands. We are God's mouth. We are God's you know, feet. And so we have to you know, as we give, so shall we receive. And so there's, that's one of the things that's passionate to me to teach is you wonder why the windows of heaven aren't opening. Because everybody's saying, well, I asked God, and God didn't answer my prayer. But what are you doing in your spiritual life? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you giving, and not just of your money substance, but are you giving of your time? Are you giving compassion? Are you giving a hug to a stranger? Do you smile at people in the grocery store? And and what are you giving to the world? Because whatever we're giving to the world, whatever we're serving to the world is what will be served back to us on the buffet. You know what I mean? So you have to go, if you're not getting enough love, then you have to do the old thing. I mean, it's so simple. We complicate all of it. But if I'm not getting enough love, I have to check my definition, first of all, what that is, what that looks like and feels like, but then to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not being as loving as I could be. You know, one of the words we also try not to use in New Thought is should. We don't do the shoulding. You know what you should do? But it's a whole different vibration when we say, what could could I be doing differently? Reveal to me, Father, Mother, God, what is mine to do 
to shift in me? What must I change in me? And we're so busy saying, you know what you should do? You should shut up. And then someone goes, wow. But you go, okay, where where am I talking too much? Where am I not listening enough to receive guidance from spirit? So we teach that here, that if you feel there's something lacking in your world and affairs, the lack is within you, not in the world. You know, people think it's the world that's lacking. or the You know, people say all the time, I'm having a bad day, or the world is a terrible place. And I remind them, there's no such thing as a bad day. There's, there's such thing as a, as a bad attitude, a bad disposition. But the world and a day is just doing what the world and a day does. It just is. It's how we view it through our filters. And so even that is part of a prosperity consciousness and to keep affirming. You know, one of my favorite affirmations I use a lot is life is good and so are you. Life is good and so are you. And so you say, I'm having a bad day. No, you're not. You're not having a bad day. You're having a, a a pity party, you're having a disposition that's not its highest and best, but what must I change? So we go into gratitude. So it's all a part of the abundance and prosperity teachings. And everything we teach, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's all about prosperity. And I was saying this morning to a friend of mine, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, what we give, we shall receive, you know. And so, but I, I remind people all the time when I'm speaking that the part we forget is also what we withhold will be withheld from us. So if you're not willing to forgive somebody, forgiveness will be withheld from us. If you're not willing to be kind and compassionate, then kindness and compassion will be withheld from us. And people go, oh, I never thought of that. So when you take pride in not giving, when you take pride you know, you, we can't give money out of the car window at every traffic light. But sometimes we're given the guidance to do it. And if we ignore it, and some of us take great pride that I didn't give to that person, I, I try to listen to the guidance. If it says give, it's loud. And I'll crack that window and I'll hand some money out. And then other times, maybe you've done this too, Galen, I got the thing, do not do it. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was a safety issue, but we trust our inner guidance. And spirit will always guide us to our highest and best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it's really important that folks recognize that one teaching of Jesus where he says what you have done for the least of my brethren, you've done it also unto me. And what you have not done for the least of my brethren, you also have not done for me. And we, you know, you know, people personalize that as Jesus, but Jesus was teaching a universal principle and when we recognize that every person is who Jesus was talking about in that teaching or parable or aphorism or whatever, I'm trying to remember the context of his statement with it, but it's important to recognize that it's still a universal law. And if you plant watermelon seeds, you will not get an apple tree with apples in them. You'll get a watermelon, you know, uh, you'll get watermelons with watermelon seeds. You know, because it's important to recognize that this is a universe governed by divine law. So when you're teaching universal law, another teaching that, you know, that has to be addressed when you're teaching prosperity is divine substance. When you're teaching your congregation divine substance and the people who bring you in for seminars, conferences, etc., how do you tackle the subject? Because it's so abstract. Well, I think you said something earlier that that triggers this as well, again, for me, is, 
you know, we speak we speak our our prosperity away. We speak our our wholeness away. So it's when we we keep talking about not enoughness, divine substance for me, means that I know that I know that I know that I'm always taken care of. And, you know, that my, my good always finds its way to me. And there are moments in our humanness where it may look like this isn't going to happen, that my, my good can't get to me. And the only time, ladies and gentlemen, that our good can't get to us is because somewhere we have blocked it with our words of, you know, saying those words such as, I'm broke, um, again, attaching a negative to your I am. And you can still say, when you say I'm, it's still short for I am. So when people say you want to go to the movies, no, I'm broke. I, you won't ever hear me say that. I may say I choose not to spend my money like that at this time, but thank you for the offer. But we affirm, and I don't know if we think it's funny, if we think it's cute to say I, I, I don't have two two pennies to rub together or I don't have a pot. I, I don't find that humorous because we don't realize the damage that we're doing when we speak those words and so divine substance to mean means that there is always enough there is a plenty pressed down shaken over i mean if i can't lay my hands on it it isn't mine to have in the moment but i realize every time in my life that i wanted something and again you know talking about the need thing i I don't know that i needed it i don't need a new car i want one i desire one i choose to manifest a new vehicle for me but i the one i got works you know what i mean and so when we get clear on what we're asking of the universe you know and that it's not always about give me give me but asking instead of what can i get but father mother god where could i serve what could i give today that's divine substance in action to me Absolutely, absolutely. I I love to tell people that God is no thing, so God can be anything and all things that are necessary. You know, it's just, you know, substance is pure potentiality, pure possibility. And it can be anything that my thinking and feeling can shape it to be. You know, so I think, you know, going back to Johnny Coleman's statements, you know, the substance of God is like a great big piece of dough and your mind is a cookie cutter and you cut out of the substance or the potential. She didn't use the word potential, but you cut out of the potential or the substance, the image of what you desire. You know, it. you know, so she would use these simple ways of teaching an abstract principle so people could get it, you know. You know, you have the image of the house. You have the image of the car. You have the image of the the business. It's not uh, stop waiting on God. Get your consciousness together. In other words, <laughs> so that would be uh, a good T-shirt, Galen. <laughs> stop waiting on God. Get your consciousness together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. And drilling down on the prosperity teachings, because I want to make sure that when people listen to this show, they have a general game plan. So one of the next questions I want to ask is, how do you tackle teaching the law of giving and receiving along with systematic giving, you know, like tithing, et cetera? Well, you know, we explain, you know, about once a year I try to do probably the most powerful prosperity book to me has been Edwin Gaines' um, book on prosperity, um, the four principles, four spiritual laws. I've got it in front of me somewhere here. That book, if if the listeners have not read it, it is phenomenal, and it breaks it down on about 
giving and receiving and you know people we look for shortcuts and so i remind people that if you don't have something in your life you have to ask yourself where am i not giving whatever it is i think i don't have i mentioned that earlier so it's so imperative that you know on sunday mornings we do what we call the sacred walk of abundance and we got the idea from African-American churches where they don't just pass the baskets, but it was a processional that came forward to give their gifts and their love offerings. And so we've been doing it for a few years now, and other churches in, in the unity movement you know, have been doing it. And they call and they'll say, do you have the script to tell us what to say and explain it? So what we do is we start out at the rear of the sanctuary. They come forward holding their gifts in their hands, and with every step, I tell them, you come in silence and reverence, for this is a sacred act of giving. You know, Edwin always taught us, don't be doing your announcements or having them, you know, singing all these songs necessarily, because you want it to be, you want it to get it in the consciousness of of our beingness that it is a sacred act to give, just as much as it is a sacred act to receive. So they come forth while this music is playing. It's it's fairly quiet music. And they come forward, and with every step, I tell them, hold in mind what you're grateful for. Count your blessings. Say, thank you, God, for all my good, seen and unseen. They come forward. They put their gifts in the basket. They take. Um, they put their prayer request in the in the prayer chest. And then we have these two large hands that I got at Unity Village in the bookstore. And they randomly reach in, and they take an affirmation. And they work with it throughout the week, and they return to their seats. I thought for sure people would complain and say, oh, my God, i got to get up and i got to walk. And what we found was when we began to do this in our service and made, instead of just passing a plate, we made it a sacred act, the money went up. And people felt something deeper about the, the process of giving. And there are still the people, and I'm, I'm sure you have them too, that their, their concept of giving is $1. And so sometimes we have to be so honest because my teachers have been so honest and outspoken. You know, I, I said not too long ago, folks, we can't, God is our source, but we can't pay our bills, nor could you on $1 a week. So we, we ask you to dig deeper and realize where have I received spiritual food? Where have I received spiritual transmutation and transformation in my life? So we, we have to constantly remind, I have to remind myself on my prosperity principles when things appear not so abundant. And I'm sure you have too, where we're still in a human body. But it, you know, I always say like in the 12-step program, it says it works if you work it. And Johnny used to say that too, and I would love it. It works if you work it. And what I added to the end of that for my own teaching and for my own congregation, it works if you work it, and it won't if you don't. And when I say it works if you work it, a lot of times the congregation will say, and it won't if you don't. Because I, I have to remind myself that truth. I have to work the principle slash law for it to, to make manifest in my world and affairs. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. It's, it's just kind of funny how uh, some people will say things to you and you don't even realize. Uh, as Again, I was speaking you know, at uh, a church, a unity church, unity in Chicago, a couple of Sundays ago and a, a parishioner there came up to me and she said, I remember years ago when Johnny Coleman came and speak at this church and she said something about, you know, uh, people dropping change in the offering basket. And she said, this ministry can't run on change, <laughs> you know, and you know, so, 
you know, and I realize some people, you know, they get offended by those type of statements, but they don't recognize that Reverend Ike used to say it best. The, the worst thing that you can present to a person is the belief that they don't have anything to give. Now, if this is really the widow's might, then give it. And if you if you're giving from that standpoint, you will increase your ability to to give. But the belief that I don't have, therefore I give. And every time somebody says I don't have, I can't give. If you watch their habits, you're discovering that they're prioritizing a lot of other things. They have money for cigarettes and the beer and the liquor. They have cigarettes, uh, money for McDonald's and Burger King. They have money to, to play the lottery. They have money to, to go to the boat. They have money to do many other things that they like to do. And I'm not disqualifying anything that a person wants to do. All I'm saying, I think what you're saying is, if, if you have been fed here, just like any other place, you go to a restaurant, you've been fed well, they tell you what you have to pay. What we're saying is you're not paying for something. You are showing your gratitude for the teaching, for the consciousness, for the environment, for the culture, for the context, for, for the building, that the heat works, that the air conditioning works, that the electricity works, that you're sitting in a nice place, that, you, that you're, you, you, you're getting nice music. All of these things cost money. And many times people want something for nothing. And that something for nothing mentality will show up elsewhere in their life because, as you said earlier, we still have to work with universal law. Absolutely. You know, and I'm a little bit plainer about it, Jamie. I'll actually say sometimes in my classes, like, look, if you think this is worth Mac Chicken money, then put Mac Chicken money in the basket. <laughs> but that's the truth, you know. Mac yeah, Mac Chicken is a one dollar for those who who are not in the United States. And again, it's not saying, oh, you know, what about this and what about that? And we have all of these beliefs. Uh, and, and you know what's kind of funny, Jamie? I actually had this conversation with somebody recently, and they were talking about uh, clergy and vows of poverty. And I was like, well, New Thought, we don't do anything like vows of poverty. It's inconsistent with our theology. And one of the things I mentioned was. That, for instance, if the Catholic Church priests take a vow of poverty, their lives are sustained and maintained from money from Rome. Like, they don't have to worry about where they live, uh, what they drive, where they'll go, how they'll retire, or anything of that nature. So, a vow of poverty is what? Personal money? When you have access to other resources so you don't have to worry about your livelihood? Versus... Uh, understanding that they have prosperity backing up that so-called vow of poverty. <laughs> so so I'm like, what does it really mean? What does it really mean? But anyway, you know, I don't want I don't want anybody that's a, a recovering Catholic calling me about it. So that's just my opinion. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so you know, we only have about 6 minutes left. So I do want to just ask you a few other quick questions. One, how can people get in contact with you? Well, our website at Unity of Pensacola is www.unityp, as in Paul, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, dot org. PNS stands for Pensacola. So it's unitypns.org. They can find me on Facebook personally under Jamie Sanders. There's a Reverend Jamie Sanders Facebook page, a Unity of Pensacola page. 
um, all, all of those things. And they can also email me personally at jamie, J-A-M-I-E, 1118 at AOL.com. Beautiful, beautiful. We want to make sure that people can get in contact with you. If you have, you know, a center or you want to bring somebody in to teach, you know, prosperity or metaphysical interpretation of the Bible or whatever, Jamie's your guy. You want to make sure that you touch base with him. So with these last couple of minutes, just just chit chatting for a moment, um, I think it's 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 um, important just to emphasize yet again, just how important it is to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. What is available to you once you get the worry of 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 your finances off the table? Uh, you know, I think one of the things, too, that, that we worry about, or we don't even, some of us worry about it, some of us don't even consider it, but part of that whole thing of prosperity and abundance that, that Edwin has taught uh, is about forgiveness, doing our forgiveness work. You can't have, you know, like I said about withholding, so if we're not willing to forgive, we won't be forgiven. People forget that. You know, I'm not going to ever forgive you for what you did. And then we wonder why people aren't forgiving us for the crazy stuff we've done. So one of the things, we start a class tomorrow night here based on her newest uh, release called I Choose Forgiveness. It's an e-book. But what we're doing here at Unity of Pensacola, since we're starting the class tomorrow night, is we are, with Edwin's permission, printing and binding the book for those who don't use Kindles and that sort of thing, and like to hold something. We're printing the new book release, I Choose Forgiveness by Edwin Gaines, and people can get it by calling our church, looking at, on our website, and contacting us. And we mail it out with shipping and everything included for twelve fifty. And uh, Galen, I, I get excited about new material, but I'm telling you, this new material, it, it is powerful stuff because a lot of us still have unresolved forgiveness issues where we are carrying wounds and we don't want to let go of our stories and so that's part of that whole thing of having abundance and joy and fulfillment in our lives is being clear and clean with who we are as spiritual beings that's beautiful that's beautiful and i do know that she can teach some forgiveness matter of fact i think that she might be also the best tithing teacher on the planet right now I agree with you. Bar, she's she's online right now talking to me on my Facebook page. But she is really, for those of you who have never read her material or seen her live, you can go on YouTube and watch some videos, but seeing her live in person is one of the greatest opportunities to be in the presence of power. And she is, um, one of her lines is, I am, you know, a powerful I'm a woman of power, is what she says, and, and it's the truth. And just like Reverend Johnny, Dr. Barbara King, Reverend Della Reese, who I miss so much. I mean, I think of these women all the time. Dr. Barbara, I don't get to see as much as I'd like, but they are powerful teachers. If you've not followed their work, look for it online. They're dynamic. Yes, yes. You know, I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to have to talk to you offline about something else with, with the house. We'll have to talk offline because I want to talk, tell you something, but okay. I'm not prepared to say it live. So I got you. it's, um, it's, yeah. So I think that as we, you know, wrap up because we have about two minutes left. I think it's again just so important for people to recognize that part of total well-being is prosperity. For us, prosperity is peace of mind. For us, prosperity is health in your body. For us, prosperity is loving relationships, and it includes financial abundance 
because for when you have total well-being, or as Catherine Ponder uh, said many times, you know, in many of her books, you know, when you when you have the ability to get the financial worry off of the table, it allows you to explore the other aspects of your soul that are seeking expression. Many times people don't do what's in their soul to do because they're so worried about their money and people have to get free. And I'm not saying you have to be financially free to express your gifts because that's absolutely not true. You just have to change your mind about it and allow your gift to create the way you allow your gift to create the prosperity for you. Um, do you have like a 20-second summary that you could give me? Well, I think you just triggered it for me, too. I mean, it's about changing the way we think. You know, that's the whole crux of New Thought teaching is be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So when we change our mind about lack and limitation and I don't have enough, and instead of asking all the time, what can I get, but to let the prayer and the affirmation be, where can I serve, what can I give, it will change us at depth. Absolutely, absolutely. So I just, again want to thank you for coming on the show today and bless you personally and bless your ministry uh, because I know it's doing great work in Florida. I also, just, I don't know if you, you know, Panorama of Truth will be in Florida and Miami. Hopefully you can pop down and, and hang out for a minute um, at the conference in Miami. Uh, it's July 17th through the 21st. Uh, panorama of truth for the universal foundation for better living so god bless you brother and thank you again for saying yes to the calling in your soul absolutely my honor and privilege galen thank you thanks for listening This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.